Hi, everyone. It's good to see you guys. So I'm very excited. I'm very happy. I'm very happy to be here with you guys today. Um, it's a privilege to um, it's a privilege to be able to speak to you guys. It really, really is, and I don't take that for granted. Um, I'm also part of the the speakers, the the team of speakers that Grace and Love has, and it's such a privilege to be part of that team. I, I hope you guys feel grateful for them because we we just had a meeting a couple Saturdays ago, and. It's just so beautiful what God is doing with our team, and really what that team is for is, is, is to give you guys what God has to say, to share with you guys God's word, which is awesome if you think about it. Um, so I'm so grateful to be part of our speakers team. Um, so whenever you guys get a chance, show them some love and gratitude because we're all here for you guys, and God, but for you guys as well. Amen? So it's been a year since I was last here with you guys uh, on a Sunday afternoon. And it's pretty crazy to think about because I didn't realize it until recently um, that the last time that I was here with you guys was almost a year ago. The last time I preached was January 28th, I believe, which was a Sunday last year. It's pretty crazy. So almost to the dot. Um, so I'm a little excited and I'm a little anxious, feel a little rusty because, I mean, it's been a year. How many of you guys have gone a year without doing something? Yeah, working out, eating healthy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's exciting. Today I start my first series ever. I, I've never had a series before. Um, and so I just find it funny that my first, like, back into the fold kind of thing, back into rotation, I'm coming back and I'm, like, talking to you guys for, like, a few weeks in a row. And, but, yeah, I've been anticipating this moment for a while because I've actually wanted to speak to you guys about this for almost a year. For almost a year, I've had this, this message in my heart, but I wasn't able to share it with you guys because I wasn't ready. And it just wasn't, it wouldn't be fair to tell you guys or to speak to you guys about something that I didn't know I believed in or I wasn't completely sure I was there. So today, I, uh, I kind of have an unconventional way to start a series. It's not your typical intro to the series or to a series. Um, before I get into the actual content of what I'm going to be talking to you guys about, I felt like I needed to give you context. Can you look at your neighbor and say context? So I want you guys to go on this journey with me and open up your heart, open up your hearts. And by the end of January, I know that we're all gonna be different people with a better understanding of God's heart. Amen? So let's pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, you are good. Can you guys say you are good, Jesus? You are good, Jesus. Father, you are good. You are good, God. You work when we don't think you're working and you're doing amazing things. 
I just, I thank you, God, for every single person here, Lord. I ask that you bless them. I ask that you bless this message. I know that you are here. I know that you are here, God. As we were worshiping, Lord, I saw you. I felt you move in this place. So I know that you are here. Somebody say, you are here, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are so good. In your name, we pray. Amen. 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 So, I've shared with you guys some of this before, but never with this detail. Um, and I'm sharing this with you today, not as a sob story, but again, to give you context for what's to come, for what you're going to be listening to for the next couple of weeks. So I have to start at the beginning of everything. In 1984, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In 2007, I married the love of my life, Mario Magaña. You guys can clap for that. That's you, baby. <laughs> and it was awesome. I mean, it's really awesome to get married. If you are thinking about getting married, do it. <laughs> we'll give you a year of counseling before to make sure that you're okay. But um, yeah, so we got married, and it was, it was amazing. Like everything that you think of when, it, when you think of marriage and the wedding day and the excitement and the love and the doves and all of that, like we were there. It was beautiful. And as a newlywed couple, when, when people would see us together, this is the advice that we would get from other couples that we would like, you know, come across or, you know, talk to. And this, these were usually older couples that had been married for a while. So we, we kind of took what they had to say uh, and, and we saw value in what they were saying. And so what most people would say to us whenever they'd see us holding hands or whatever, they would say, I'm so glad that you're married. Congratulations. I wish you all the best. God is good. But don't have kids right away. Wait. Enjoy your time. Enjoy each other. Don't have kids right away. And a lot of people would say this to us. Like, a lot of people. And so we took it, right? And we ran with it. Don't have kids right away. Got it. So we didn't. We enjoyed ourselves. We got to know each other. How many of you married people can attest that that is so much fun, the beginning? Amen. Amen. <laughs> so after some time of getting to know each other, we, uh, we started to feel, both of us, that it was time to grow our family. Like, we both felt it. You know, time has gone by. I've gotten to know and I've gotten to accept some of the things that come with Mario Magaña. And, you know, I'm okay with it. We're both okay with each other. So I think it's time, you know, to try and bring someone else into the fold. And so we started trying to have children. So that whole year, you know, that whole year came and went, and we didn't see anything happen. Like no signs, no, um, as you say when you're single and not in the church, pregnancy scares. Um, <laughs> 
You know, we, we didn't have anything like that. But we thought, you know what, it's fine. We understood that sometimes these things take time. And so we weren't worried. We weren't shook. Like, it was fine. We, there was no stress about it. It was totally fine. So we said, you know what, it's okay. Let's keep going. So another year passed, and still nothing was happening. And so we thought, okay, I think maybe we need some help and find out what's going on. So we decided to go to the doctor. We went to the doctor, and the doctor said that, or she confirmed that there was, in fact, a challenge. And this challenge was going to make it difficult to conceive. And this challenge was on my end. So for almost two years, we had been trying with no signs of pregnancy. We go to the doctor. There is a challenge. It's on my end. It wasn't like easy news to swallow. It was difficult news to, to accept. I don't know how many of you guys have ever pressed in or invested two whole years into something without seeing any results. And to some of us, two years may not seem like a long time. But when you're in the moment, sometimes a year or two years can seem like an eternity. And so for us, it felt like, dang, this is taking a while. To, to invest two years and get that news was, was very difficult. So by the end of those two years, we were kind of worried and a bit stressed out. We didn't know if, if we were going to succeed at this anymore. So everything that you can think of, like, just kind of flooded into our minds and hearts. Like, is this going to happen? How hard is this going to be? We were really stressed at, the, at that point. When we were at the doctor, she explained to us that we had two options. One of the options was we could take medication that could possibly help. And the other option was surgery. Now, the surgery was risky because if anything went wrong in that surgery, that meant it, it would cause permanent infertility. And we definitely didn't want that. So we opted for the medicine. When you're recently married and you have no kids, it's totally fine. Like, there's nothing weird. Like, there's nothing weird with that picture. When you're one or two years into marriage, nobody looks at you funny or thinks, what's wrong with that couple? How come they're not procreating? Like, it, it looks totally normal because you're getting to know each other. You're waiting. When you are in marriage three, four, or five years and still no children, people start to look at you funny. And you can feel it. When I was in school, um, and they were teaching us about film and filmmaking and script writing. One of the things that they taught us about movies is that every movie has a, a, a way of, of being made. Like it has a certain structure. There's act one, act two, and act three. And we, as avid moviegoers, <laughs> we've been programmed to have that understanding when we go to the movies 95% of them have this structure. So when we go to a movie and we feel like it's taking too long or certain part is dragging, it's because we've been conformed. We've been uh, accustomed to a certain standard. Act one, act two, act three. And the same can be said for life. 
There's a certain standard sometimes in life. Certain things are expected. Act one has to look a certain way. Act two should look a certain way. And act three has its own look as well. And I'm not saying that it's bad. It's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily good. It's just the way it is. And we were asked certain questions because our acts weren't aligning to the standard. And these questions were, I, we understood that they were out of well-intentioned curiosity. We, we didn't take them as, as bad or as insulting. We took them as, you know, just curiosity, well-intentioned curiosity. And the questions that we were asked sometimes were, why don't you have kids yet? Or what are you waiting for? And while those questions were, were very well-intentioned, they really hurt to hear and were difficult to answer. Like, what do you say to somebody when they come and ask you, just nonchalant, out of curiosity, happy mood, why don't you have kids yet? And you come and say, well, the thing is, is that I've been trying, you know, the doctor, you know what I mean? It, it brings it down. And so that question was very hard to answer. And so the typical answer one gives is, it's not for a lack of trying, like, <laughs> we're in it. But it was difficult because the truth was is that we were trying and it was difficult and it was grueling and it was tiring and it like everything that comes with trying for something and seeing no results or, or no advancement in, in what you want to accomplish or towards what you want to accomplish. So dealing with that was, was difficult for us. Those questions were difficult for us. When you're facing issues with infertility, there are certain things that happen. And this is from my experience, uh, listening and watching testimonies and talking to other women that have gone through, through, through this. Um, when, when you're dealing, when you're facing with infertility issues, some of the things that happen to you is, is you, or one of the things is you feel shame. Like shame is one of the first things that you feel. Because you feel ashamed because something's wrong with you. And nobody wants to have something wrong with them. I mean, how, how many of you guys want to feel like something's wrong with you? And so when you, when you have that feeling of there's something wrong with me, there's shame in that. Another thing that you feel is you feel incomplete. And you think... I'm a woman, like, I'm, I'm supposed to be able to do certain things. I'm created in the image of God. But why am I not able to function like a woman is meant to function? And so you feel incomplete. And for the first time for me, when, when I started this, the, for the first time in a long time, dealing with the feeling of, of, of incompletion or not complete was very confusing because the last time I felt like this was when I didn't know Christ. That was the last time I felt incomplete. But now after knowing Jesus and living in him for, for so many years and coming to this other point and feeling incomplete after knowing him is confusing. I hope you guys understand me. Another thing you feel is you feel alone. Because you feel like other people don't really understand your struggle. 
And that's tough. It's tough to struggle on your own sometimes. And the reason why you, well, what happens is because of the shame, you kind of want to seclude yourself. Because of all the confusing feelings you're feeling, you want to you wanna just keep your area guarded because when, when you're so sensitive about something, it's so easy to break. And so instead of breaking, you, you would rather just kind of keep distance and not share with anybody else that you have a struggle. It's easier to keep it inside because sometimes you're, you, don't even make, you haven't even made sense of the struggle yourself. So bringing someone into your struggle, a struggle that you yourself don't understand, doesn't make sense to have someone else that doesn't understand it. Amen? Another thing that you feel is guilt. I felt guilt because I would think, what sin did I commit to cause this? What failure did I, did I commit in life to bring this upon my, our life? It almost feel, felt like, like the want or the desire to grow our family was, I don't know, it was cursed or something. And all of these feelings that I'm sharing with you, all of these things, they're not from God. I want you guys to understand that. All of these feelings aren't from God. The enemy is heavily mixed in these feelings. You yourself are heavily, are heavily mixed in these feelings. These feelings are not for, from God, but still you feel them. And still, they make an impact. So after a long time of dealing with this and falling into depression about it, God finally gave me breakthrough. And it was through prayer, and it was through my husband. I was finally able to open up about this without guilt, shame, feeling incomplete, all of that that I mentioned to you earlier. I was finally able to open up about it. And that's when you started hearing about it. That's when you celebrated a period, guys. <laughs> yes, we celebrated menstruation at this church. But while I had that breakthrough, I was really tired of taking that medicine. Because that medicine is not your friend. <laughs> so I started to ask and hope for healing without it. So I kicked the medicine, stopped taking it, and said, God, just I'm counting on you. And I started hearing, or, and, uh, hearing testimonies of other women, and I started um, really focusing in on the story of, of Hannah. Hannah is, is such a, like, poster woman for this struggle, right? And so I started reading about Hannah, and I saw how God healed Hannah. And then I started going to other testimonies, and I saw how God healed those women, and I thought, you know what? Maybe I've been doing it wrong all these years. So let me follow this formula that this woman has had or that woman has had because obviously they're doing something right. So I, I remember, and this is funny, but it's sad, but don't cry, and I won't cry either. But I remember, like, you know, you read the story of Hannah, right? And you, you read her approach to the throne. She comes to the throne. And I, I came to the throne in my house, and I remember telling God, okay, God, I finally understand this. This whole time, I think I've been wanting to have a baby for me, but now I wanna have it for you. <laughs> 
So if you give me this baby, I'll give him back to you, just like Hannah gave you Samuel, and we'll be all cool. Like, you'll have another person that's going to serve you. I'll instruct him in your ways as soon as he's weaned off of me. Like, we'll be good to go. Formula. <laughs> but one thing that I've understood is that just because God did it for someone in a certain way doesn't mean he's going to do it for everybody that same way. God is really into giving you your own victories. God is really interested in giving you your own success stories. And so breakthrough doesn't always happen like it happens for other people. Sometimes it will happen like that, but sometimes it won't happen like that. So, um, yeah. So for a long time, I mean years after that, this was like my focus I don't need medicine anymore. I'm tired of it. God is going to heal me just like he healed Hannah. He's a miraculous God. He's the God of miracles. He's going to heal me. No more science. All the Lord. <laughs> and so that was, that was like our jam for like the longest. And through that time, we did have signs. Like I had a couple of dreams that were very encouraging. I had a vision that was pretty amazing. And so those are some of the things that I clung on to while on this journey, yet seeing no results. Okay, so now I wanna fast forward to 2016. But before I get into this, I really wanna share that one thing that I learned through this process is that I don't ever want to pass judgment on somebody else's struggle and how they handle the struggle they're in. I don't ever want to think they should have done it that way or how come they're not doing it this way? Because the truth of the matter is, is that you don't really know how or why because you really are not in that person's shoes. You don't know the inner workings of somebody's struggle. You don't know the inner workings of somebody's life. And so one thing that I learned is that I'm not going to pass judgment on, on someone else and how they resolve their situation with the Lord. Amen? Amen? Okay. 2016, we said, we feel like it's time to go back to the doctor. But not just any doctor. We're going to the fertility doctor, y'all. Fertility. Fertility doctor. And in the great, I don't know if you guys are into makeup, <laughs> the great words of Kathleen Lights, that's expensive. <laughs> so we went to the fertility doctor. And, but before we went to the fertility doctor, I have a, a, a really awesome friend who has a friend, that sounds funny. I have a really great friend who has this friend who had the same issue that I had, pretty much down to like everything, right? And she said, hey, my friend has what you have, and she did this thing for like one or two months, and after she finished it, she got pregnant. And I thought, well, it, it's not gonna hurt to try it, so let's try it. But Mario and I, we said, you know what? Forget two months, we're going to overachieve, and we're going to go five months. So for five months, <laughs> for five months, we prepared, we grinded it out. It was difficult, but all I can say about that to you is tiger blood, okay? Tell your neighbor, tiger blood. 
So we had our first consultation in August. And during our first consultation, man, I was filled with so much hope because our doctor, her name is Dr. Amin. She is dope, you guys. She's so awesome. So we go into her office and we start talking to her and she's like, tell me your story. Like, just tell me everything. And we're like, are you sure? It's kind of like nine years like worth of, she's like, just tell me your story. So we tell her our story and she's so interested in it. And one of the fears that I had was age because age can be an issue. And I got married at 23, you guys. And things might have seemed very easy back then, but 10 years later, things don't work the same. They just don't. And so that was one of my like, worries. Like One of my fears is that, is that we were going to have another challenge because of age. And so the first thing she tells me after I finished telling her my story is she said, don't worry. You guys don't have to worry. You guys are both so young. And I was like, wait a minute, you sure? Did you hear how old my husband is? I'm just kidding, babe. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So I said, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, you guys are both still very young. You have plenty of time. Don't worry. So we left that consultation feeling so hopeful. And she told us, we're going to get this done for you guys. Like, this is going to happen. And so we were, we were, sorry, we were, we were. So we were very, very hopeful. So that process of fertility was very beautiful. And I've mentioned this to you guys before, but it was very beautiful because it gave us a better understanding of the challenge I had. Like, I got it better than I, than I had ever understood it. So I totally had, like, I had better understanding of it. Not only that, it took us through the process of how conception happens. And you guys, I don't know. I don't know how, like, you guys can see it. Look it up on YouTube. I don't know. But it's just, it's really, really awesome. Really amazing. So we got to see, like, that process of that. And through that process, I, uh, I was able to have certainty that babies are not mistakes. Like, there's no way on earth that a baby could ever be a mistake. You guys can keep clapping if you want. So, yeah, babies cannot be a mistake. Like, the things that have to align in order for that life to to spark, is insane. Like, it's insane, Kayla. (laughs) Everything that has to align for you to have a baby, for that baby to be conceived inside of you, can't be a mistake. No way. So that was the beautiful side. But there was also a not-so-beautiful side. And that side was very difficult. Having to go to the doctor multiple times a week for months was not fun. Being poked and prodded and laying in positions that you don't feel comfortable laying in are not fun. The medication that I had to start up again and additional medication that I had to take, not fun, you guys. Like, I'm talking about estrogen like extra estrogen, like superhuman, 
estrogen from the, I'm just kidding, but like just estrogen. And I just got to tell you that I was happy, like hyper, sad, angry, frustrated, like every day. <laughs> every day I went through like those feelings and just random. There was no way that you can like put like a, like a regimen or like Mario had no expectation. Like I feel so sorry for him because every morning he didn't know who he was going to wake up to. <laughs> So he's the real MVP, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, that medication though was horrible. We've been married, at the time we were married for, we were going to be married for 10 years. We'd been married for nine years. And through our marriage career, the most traumatic experience we've ever had happened in that time frame. Like we've never had a more traumatic experience than we did during that time. Like I'm talking, we're still like PTSD, you guys. Towards the end of our first cycle, everything was aligning, like everything. Like my body was able to do things that it hadn't been, that it hadn't done in ever. And so for the first time, and check this out, for the first time ever, you guys, I thought that we were going to be parents. Like, for the first time ever, I had certainty about it. And I, I said, we said, 2017, like, I'm either going to be pregnant. Well, obviously, I'm going to be pregnant. But we're either going to, like, be in that pregnancy process or have our baby. Like, this is going to be the year. So we were so, like, hyped about it. I invested my heart, my hopes, like, picture a montage of, like, your life. Like, I had that, and I, I was just so certain that this was going to happen because everything was aligning. And the doctor was, like, green-lighting everything. Like, yeah, maybe this is going to take some time. We gave it some time, and it, like, came through. And so she checked that off. A couple of other things she checked. So everything was working out. And we were so excited. I was really excited. Very, very excited. Um, there was still another set of things that had to align. But these things we didn't really think about. Like, we didn't take them into account. We never thought that we would have additional, like, challenges to overcome. We always had been told, after the many doctor visits that we had previously, We'd always been told one thing, like, this is your challenge. So never in our mind did we think more challenges, like never. So I'm expecting this call from, from Dr. Amin, and this call is going to be either a yes, you're pregnant, it all worked out, or no. And for that call, I was expecting the yes. I wasn't expecting the no because everything had been working out up to this point. So she calls me and she tells me what's going on. And I just, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just really hard to hear her talk and to be in that conversation with her. Like I just couldn't help but just like break down with her. And this is why I love her because she was, 
She's so understanding of our situation. She's so like empathetic and just loving to us. And so I begin to cry with her and just trying to like understand and asking her to repeat herself because I was having a hard time processing this no. And so she, she gives me the explanation and the breakdown of everything. And she says, okay, so we can either proceed with, with this or you guys can proceed with like adoption. And at that time, like just at that moment, it felt so heavy and overwhelming that I didn't want to do any of it. Like I was just done. Like I didn't, I didn't want to like think about babies or fertility or like ovulation or like anything. Like I just, I was done. And I told her, you know what doctor, I just, I feel so tired. I just want to take a break. I, I don't think that I can like, continue with like another cycle of like more medication or just whatever else it's going to take. I'm just tired. I, I need a break. And she said, I totally understand you. Come back to me. I'll be here when you're ready. And I said, okay. We hung up. And it was just difficult after that. I had to cry it out. And then I had to call my husband and tell him the news, which wasn't going to be fun. But after that conversation, I couldn't help but feel blindsided. And the word that perfectly describes that moment for me is like every variation of betrayed. Betrayed, betrayal, betrays. Like every variation of that word I felt at that moment. I felt betrayed by God because I thought, like, how could you blindside us that way? How come you never told us about this other thing? Like, why did you keep us blind about it? And then I felt like we betrayed ourselves because I thought, if God had given us inclination about it, how come we weren't listening? Like, why were we so caught up in everything else to not even think about this other thing? Like, why didn't we think about it? So I felt like we had betrayed ourselves. And then I felt like I was betraying God back because I was losing my faith and my trust and belief in him. And then I felt like I was betraying all of you guys. I felt like a hypocrite because all the messages I had preached at those conferences about holding on to your dreams, about hoping and remaining, remaining firm, and trusting God, like all of those messages that ever inspired anybody, I felt like I didn't mean at that moment. Like if I could take them back, I would. Because the truth of the matter was is that at that moment, I didn't mean any of that. I didn't mean anything about holding on to your dreams. I didn't believe that at that time. And so I felt like I was betraying all of that because I was ready to give up. Like, I was just done with it. I felt like everything was just a big waste. Like, it was all for nothing. Like, the five months of prep were for nothing. The money that we put into the treatment was for nothing. The traumatic memory that we went through was for nothing. Like, all the prayers, all the effort, all the sermon, they were all for nothing at that point. Like, I didn't have hope, strength, or desire to keep going. Even like with our healthy eating, 
that we had grinded out for five months, like, it was out the door. I didn't care. Because for me, all of that healthy eating was for the baby. Like, forget about my health at that time. This is just my, my way of thinking, okay? At that time, the way of thinking I had was, I don't care about my health. I'm doing this to have this baby. But if this baby is not going to be possible, then who cares about health? Who cares about eating healthy? Like, that went out the window. Going into 2017, church was a distraction, and it helped me keep a brave face on the outside, but on the inside, I only felt failure. So a little bit of time goes by, and there's this family that we find out that they're facing a challenge, and... When, when we found out about that, I don't know how, like, I, I don't know what happened or how it happened, but for, for me and my husband, when we, when we found out about that challenge, challenge, all of a sudden, all of that faith and all of that hopelessness that I had felt for myself was reignited and turned around. And I felt so hopeful and so full of faith for this family and their challenge. My husband and I, like, we believed it so strongly. And, I mean, we, we, we fasted, we prayed, we confessed, we declared. Like, we, we went in for this challenge, to pray into this challenge, to see it work out a certain way. And when the challenge that we went up against didn't work out the way we prayed for it to happen... I took a step back and I thought, hold on, God. Like, wait a minute. Your word says that by your stripes, we are healed. What happened to that? Like, where is that? Because we had faith in that, but we didn't see that. And I haven't seen that. My, my life experience hasn't shown me that. And so all these Bible verses came to mind, like, ask, seek, knock, where two or three are. Like, all of these Bible verses with all of these promises just flooded my heart, my mind. And it was hard. Like, I was having a hard time making sense of it all. And all my personal doubts came rushing back along with everything else. And I just didn't know how to deal with so much disappointment. So I began to ask God these questions. And I don't know if you guys, like, I don't know if you have, have ever experienced something difficult in life. I don't know if you guys have ever just felt like, I don't know where to go. I can't see. Like, I feel like I'm drowning. I don't know if you guys have ever felt hopeless in life. And so I don't know if you've ever asked these questions. But the questions that I found myself asking God for almost all of last year were these. I ask God, why do you heal some and not others? Is healing still real? Is it possible? What's the point of praying when you don't answer prayers? What's the point in prayer when it doesn't change your mind? Just does prayer change your mind? 
If, it doesn't, if, if prayer doesn't change your mind, God, then why do we ask? Why pray? And then I started to think, well, maybe I just don't understand faith. And I started to ask God, God, was it my lack of faith? Like, is it that I don't have faith, God? But then is it that we all didn't have faith? And then I thought, as pastors, are we teaching our church wrong? Have we been teaching our church wrong about faith this whole time? Because if it's our lack of faith, then, then I don't understand. I asked these questions to God almost every day last year while I was washing dishes, while I was cleaning the house, scrubbing the toilet, getting ready for church. I would ask him these questions, even while praising him or trying to praise him. I'm going to say that again. While trying to praise him, I would ask him these questions. And um, the beautiful thing is that God answered them. He didn't answer all of them, but he did answer some of them. And it wasn't necessarily the answers that I was expecting And he didn't necessarily answer the way that I wanted him to answer, but he answered them. God answered them. And so I, I want to ask you guys if you can just come along this journey with me for the next two weekends to come. And I want you guys to come and discover God's heart with me. So I want to invite you guys to join me next Sunday and the Sunday after that as we go into these questions and unpack them and really get to know God's heart. Amen? One thing that I want to leave you with is this quote. This quote is, I am not a hostage, I am a weapon. Can you guys say that? I am not a hostage, I am a weapon. Okay, get on your feet, let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We pray that you are filled and encouraged by today's message. For more information about Grace and Love, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Grace Love Church. Make sure you check us out again next week. Thanks again, and God bless you.